from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's hump day here on Locked On Chiefs. Thanks for tuning in. We have a great show for you. We're going to talk with Travis Wingfield, who is an insider for the Miami Dolphins, has some connections with the media down there, does the Locked On Fins show. A lot of great information about this this game that we don't want to let the Chiefs look past. We are brought to you today by Draft.com. Check out the Locked On Chiefs draft. We'll tell you more about that later in the show. But first, Chris, what's the news? So three Chiefs made the Pro Bowl. You got Travis Kelsey, you have Kareem Hunt making it as a rookie, and you have uh, Tyree Kill making it. No defenders, which I guess is a huge surprise. Uh, no Alex Smith, no offensive lineman. I think Schwartz deserved a, a at least look. Uh, but what was the most interesting thing that stood out to you? You know, I'm glad to see the rookie get rewarded. I think that's really not just the fact that uh, he, he stuck through it and, and gone through um, that lull where he wasn't getting the rock and he, and he wasn't being productive. Um, but to be recognized amongst his peers already, I think, is a huge, huge thing, especially when you look at who he's with. Uh, and the other two backs that made it in Levy and Bell and LaShawn McCoy. Uh, that's rarefied air. That's good company to be in. I think that's probably uh, the most important thing here, but it's not the thing that stood out to me the most. Uh, and I, I'm guessing that you're going to agree with me. Um, yes, Ty Hill is going to the Pro Bowl, but he's going as a returner. He didn't make it as a wide receiver, and I think that's kind of a problem. I would definitely agree with that. I think he should have made it as a wide receiver. I think his uh... – you know, yards per catch and his yards overall uh, really place him in a place where he should be uh, as a wide receiver. But uh, obviously, he's not. Um, I think he caught. I, and I'm I'm wondering how that ends up uh, because if he's already going as a return specialist, can he just take a spot? You would have to think he's number five on that list because that you would list have is not. To. Because I can make an argument that he should be number three because, okay, Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. There's nothing you're going to do about that. But then there's DeAndre Hopkins, uh, also um, well out in front in terms of yards and touchdowns, uh, leading the AFC in touchdowns, receiving, by the way, with 12 is hop. Um, but then this is where it gets iffy. You have Tyreek with uh, 1,074 so far in terms of yardage uh, and seven touchdowns. A.J. Green made it with about 100 yards less and about a yard per catch less. And then Keenan Allen made it, who hasn't scored as many touchdowns uh, and is only ahead of him by 120 yards. Again, uh, two yards behind Tyreek Hill in terms of his average yards per reception. So um, I would make an argument he should be above both those guys. Yeah, and I definitely think that he should be. Uh, I don't really have a problem with Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen has looked fantastic this year, but – uh, A.J. Green hasn't done anything that's been that spectacular, and Tyreek Hill has been a game-changer in a lot of ways, and I don't think that's being uh, looked at well enough in this regard. But, you know, it's also a popularity contest in a lot of ways. So That's true, and fan voting counts, and, and that's probably where I think you see the distinction. Although, man, Tyreek Hill, when he gets on national TV, he makes an impact. So I'm I'm surprised to see this. Not only do I think it's it's wrong, but I, I'm surprised to see it as well. Yeah. Well, and you would have to think that he's probably going to end up being a wide receiver uh, because I don't think all four of those guys go to the Pro Bowl. That's I, I think a miracle that Keenan Allen's walking around right now. Right. 
and well, you, you have that, and then you also have, I don't think Antonio Brown is going to be uh, probably going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, I wouldn't subject myself to that if I had a partially torn calf that I'm just going to be recovering from, even if he is available to go because he doesn't uh, make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that may be very well. And, and like you said, he's already there as a receiver, as a returner. You know, and go take some snaps. I, I expect to see some deep bombs. And here, here's the thing. I, I and not to, not to forego Travis Kelsey because this is significant too. Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end in this Pro Bowl for the AFC, uh, flipping positions with Gronk for the first time uh, as they've been one and two for several years. But now you see Kelsey on top. And I think that's significant too. Yeah. And Kelsey's not on top in yardage anymore. Uh, and I don't think obviously he's not in touchdowns either, but uh, I think it is a good sign for the Chiefs. Uh, I think Kelsey's outplayed Gronk this year. Uh, I think Gronk has had a couple of really big games, but Kelsey's been more consistent. That, and that's fair. Um, they have the same number of touchdowns, um, you know, so. I can't believe Gronk yeah. only has seven. You know, I, I guess I'm just thinking of him as Brady's favorite target. Which isn't necessarily the case any longer. Um, right. and maybe that's what we're seeing is the changing of the guard. But here's the thing that really stands out to me, and this is what I think we need to talk about. It's the guys who didn't go. Um, BJ Kissel put out the alternates on Tuesday night. So if you haven't seen that, go check out TJ's timeline. I mean, BJ's timeline. Sorry, BJ. It's been a while. Um, the guy used to be an MVP candidate. He's still leading the league in like, I don't know, four categories. And Alex Smith isn't a pro bowler. How do you take that? Uh <sighs> I think uh, he's being – I think it's realistic. I don't know that he should be a pro bowler with the way he played midseason, but I can understand uh, why people think he should. Uh, I think he still played well enough to where, you know, he should get consideration. But, you know, it's tough. Uh, and, you know, obviously I think he ends up being a pro bowler eventually because uh, Tom Brady never goes to the pro bowl. So. Well, let's hope there's no reason for him not to this time. Yeah, but you know he's there. Uh, Philip Rivers and Roethlisberger. Uh, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, Roethlisberger's got uh, the yardage, and actually, I think Philip Rivers after this last game um, got a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's ahead. Of, he was ahead of Alex Smith by exactly 100 yards. Um, but here's the thing. Here's 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 my argument for Roethlisberger name recognition, and he plays for the Steelers who have eight pro bowlers. And that's fine, but... I'm not saying he should be there. I'm saying that that's why he's there. He got it the same as some of the other Pittsburgh pro bowlers that probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, and I I have to say, I I agree with you there. And that's that's really the hardest part about this is you you see recognition, and and that's really the... uh, the thing, and they went straight down the line uh, in terms of yardage. Those are the top three. They're the only three guys in the AFC that are, that are ahead of Alex Smith in terms of, of yardage thrown. Um, but, I mean, Tom Brady edged ahead of Alex Smith by a little bit uh, at 8.1 yards per pass, uh, or at least per completion. I mean, uh, Alex at eight even. But still, Alex Smith has thrown the, the fewest touchdowns of anyone in the top ten. Or, I'm sorry, interceptions of anyone in the top ten at five. Yeah. And he's right up there with them at 25. He's got more than Rivers in terms of touchdown passes. He's got half 
the interceptions of Rivers and a third of the interceptions of Roethlisberger. I'm not arguing that. I'm just telling you it's, it comes back to they're looking at the team that it, it comes down to who they're playing for and name recognition. I mean, you look at, you know, Ryan Shazier made it. Uh, does he make it if he doesn't get injured? I don't know. Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded a draft this season. You get to play in a real-life snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes, and they last for just one week. The best part? Play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LONFL. That's right. Play a real money game. For free, just using the promo code LONFL. We have a great deal with them. It should be a lot of fun. And we have our own league going. It's You can find it at the draft site under Locked on Chiefs. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure you're going to love it. They're even offering our listens a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code LONFL. I'm sorry. Give me a break. Chris Boswell is your kicker. <laughs> Are you serious? What do you got against the kickers? Nothing, but you know Alejandro Villanueva. I don't think is the best left tackle in the NFL either, or in the AFC either. And that's fair. And you know, to be honest, Harrison Bucker is uh, an alternate. Uh, we may see him go, and more power to another rookie going there. Um, who are the alternates? Uh, they are Alex Smith, Bucker, uh, Colquitt. Uh, Tyreek Hill is listed as an alternate at wide receiver, so that's already on the books. Uh, Marcus Peters and Justin Houston. Those are the alternates that have that are currently listed as alternates, which you got to think that they'll have a decent chance of getting elevated. Gotcha. Well, then there you go. I think Butker has an opportunity. Uh, I Although you would think Boswell is going to go just because – how often does a kicker get a chance to go? The Pro That's Bowl. true. And, and, but, you know, there's always a freak accident that can happen. We'll see. I, I still don't think Boswell's a better kicker, though. Fair enough. But what do I know? Yeah, it's just kickers. Nothing really makes sense. Well, yeah, that may be true. But <laughs> butt kicker, I think, deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. I think he's had a fantastic year. Uh, so... I, I would like to see him there, but and I'm not gonna lie, I'm really tempted to get get a butt kicker jersey just because I think that would be funny. Yeah, hey, that's fine. I think that would be humorous. Let's let's just don't do dot com, okay? I wasn't gonna do dot com. <laughs> now, Peters is an interesting selection here as well, and I, I'm interested in your reaction to that. Up and down has allowed for, compared. To his normal performance, a ton of receptions this season. Uh, but I think he is to the point where his positives still far outweigh the negatives. Um, I, I was a little trepidatious whether he would actually make it or not. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's not an actual pro bowler. Um, it actually kind of surprises me that he's you know, even an alternate. Uh, That's my point. But, you know, you, you go back to name recognition, he is – you know, name recognition wise, he's one of those guys that people know his name. So I don't know. I, I think you can make an argument. He's still one of the most exciting corners when it comes to his playmaking ability. 
but you're right. He has allowed a lot more uh, receptions this year than he has in the past. Uh, and, and, you know, they don't look at that. They don't look at the fact that he's been lackadaisical in multiple games as well. We've talked about that as well. Yeah, as as we should. And, and here's here's the interesting thing. Beyond Peters, when you when you look at Houston, you look at the lineups, and <laughs> this is dominated by the AFC West. You have Mac and Bosa from uh, AFC West teams both out there. You have Von Miller uh, at listed outside linebacker rather than defensive end, and that's where Justin Houston will end up as well. Uh, Clowney, I don't know if he's going to make it. There's always Terrell Suggs, so I expect Justin Houston will probably be elevated. And so you're going to see basically every premier, every top pass rusher from every team in the AFC West is going to the Pro Bowl. Well, and for the people that don't think Justin Houston's done anything, there you go. Well, shifting from the Pro Bowl to the game this week, let's welcome on Travis Wingfield from Locked On Dolphins. All right, folks, we are back. It's a Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Fins collaboration here. We have Travis Wingfield with us from the Locked On Fins show, and uh, we're going to talk about this matchup, Chiefs versus Dolphins here right now. What's the one thing, Travis, that sticks out to you in terms of a matchup that might decide this game? That's a great question, Ryan. I think that one thing that all Dolphins fans are kind of fearing, and it's, it's been kind of the case all year, you saw us lock down the Patriots offense without Rob Gronkowski, obviously without Julian Edelman. But one of the things the Dolphins have had a really big problem with throughout the course of the year and going years and years back is matchup pieces. Guys like Travis Kelsey, guys like Tyreek Hill, even Kareem Hunt. I just think that the Dolphins' defense is going to have a hell of a time trying to match up with all those pieces that the Chiefs' offense has. Well, and you mentioned Tyreek Hill. You know, you have a corner there, Xavier Rhodes, uh, that played really well against the Patriots and kind of, and I'm sure he's been known to you guys for a long time, but kind of had a coming out party nationally against the Patriots. What have you seen from him this season? Yeah, so he started off pretty slowly. Uh, you said Xavier Rhodes. It's Xavier Howard. Um, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> no worries. I don't want to correct you, but, you know, we got to no. get it right. <laughs> no, absolutely. Go right ahead. That's my fault. I apologize. So, so he he was in his rookie year. He was banged up and hurt for, throughout most of the season. Didn't really play that well. This year he came into the year. Everyone had high expectations, and he was really grabby and too physical at top of routes. Had a lot of penalties, holds, you know, illegal contacts, that type of thing. And then against the Denver Broncos, something happened, and he got two picks. He had two picks, one to the house. He had a couple, like five pass breakups. And then the Patriots game happens. He gets two more picks. Doesn't allow a catch to Brandon Cooks. And then the last week against the Buffalo Bills has two catches for 16 yards, a sack, and a tackle for a loss. So I think it's just one of those cases where a, a pretty good player it took him a while to get going and get acclimated to the NFL, but it's starting to click for him now. And I'm looking at at the other side of the ball because the, this up and down thing. The Chiefs defense has had fits and spurts. Obviously, a lot of turnovers last week against Philip Rivers. But you know, our old pal Jay Cutler and the things that he can do is <laughs> is is he any kind of consistent at all, or do we have any clue who's going to show up? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. It's either Smoke and Jay or, or Gunsling and Jay. I don't know which one it will be, but I, I tend to lean more towards uh, Smoke and Jay because he's had a few games this year where he was pretty good, and usually when he is good, it comes within the scheme. You know, a lot of guys that are wide open on, on the route concepts that freeze guys freeze up guys wide open, and then when there's tight coverage, he either doesn't have the confidence to zip it in there, which is funny because he has that big arm. His footwork is so bad, so his, his accuracy is all over the place, and then when he does finally start to make confident decisions, <laughs> he 
just kind of floats up these prayers that get picked off. Like that Buffalo game, I mean, four fumbles, three picks. He just basically lost the game and completely ended the Dolphins' hopes of any playoff run this year. So, I mean, I think the weather, the fact that there were six and eight, not really much of a, a playoff hope left remaining, I, I think you're going to get a guy that comes out and just kind of mails it in like he's wanted to do in his past. What have you seen from uh, the running back Kenyon Drake over the past couple of weeks? And what, how surprised were you when they traded uh, J.H.I.? I was really surprised when they traded him just because, I mean, last year he he was a huge part of the offense and a huge part of the success and the 10 wins. But actually before he got into the lineup, I was kind of sour on him because we heard about this bad attitude that he had. The team left him home for week one in 2016 when they came to Seattle, out where I live out here. And uh, they left him home. They didn't bring him to the game. And we heard about him kind of sulking and he's kind of this malcontent. And then I was hoping that Kenyon Drake would get the bulk of the carries once Arian Foster got hurt because I always thought he was a talented player. I mean, Alabama running back, they don't scout or they don't recruit, you know, scrubs out there. So I was impressed with his ability and he's really starting to show it the last couple of weeks. Now that he's got the opportunity with Damian Williams getting hurt. And I, if you guys saw my Twitter earlier today, I was kind of doing some GIF uh, recaps from the game on Sunday and he's really becoming a dynamo in pass protection too, which is something that we did not expect out of him. That actually got him into the doghouse early in the season with Adam Gase. But the last couple of games, he has been attacking these blitzers and just knocking them out and getting good pockets for Jay Cutler. So he's an explosive runner with sudden uh, start and stop ability. He's a shifty guy. The home run speed, great pass catcher. I mean, he looks like he looks like an all-star running back the last few weeks. Now looking at the opposite side of the field, it is the key to the Chiefs, especially in the run game, being able to make yardage. Uh, is it all about Sue? For the most part, yeah. you got to double Sue up, and he, he'll beat those two. He's just so strong with the point of attack, and he can kind of move guys off of him with just his arms. It's really incredible to watch. But we have a couple of defensive tackles that have shown good flashes this year. One is third-year man, uh, Jordan Phillips out of Oklahoma. He he gets into the backfield three or four times a game where he is way back there, and you're like, man, where did that guy come from? And it's been really – it was inconsistent early in his career, and now it's becoming more consistent. And then rookie Devon Godshaw from LSU has had a really nice rookie year in the rotation too. So there's a couple of guys there where you can really attack the Dolphins and the running game is at the linebacker spot. They, they miss key all the time. They take false steps. They don't get off blocks. They're, they're not very good tacklers. So that's where they get shredded a lot of the time in the running game. When you look at this Chiefs offense, uh, who are you trying to stop if you're the coach? Uh, it's got to be Travis Kelsey. Our linebackers just don't cover. They don't do a whole lot very well. So that'll be the theme of this, this podcast for you guys. They just Their ability to cover downfield, Kiko Alonso, he's just always in the wrong spot. And when it comes to like – Dealing with someone that can, that can, like I said, the sudden start and stop ability that like Travis Kelsey kind of has at the top of his routes for a tight end. He can't really get you know in and out of his breaks like that. He's not a good change of direction type of guy. So I think Travis Kelsey is going to absolutely eat in this game. Now, do you see Stephon Anthony playing much? I, I think when you look down the, the roster of those linebackers, he might have one of the more athletic possibilities of keeping up with Kelsey. Yeah, he does. He's gotten some more reps lately. It was a really curious trade back when it happened. I think it was in either late September, or early October when they got him for a fifth round pick and a guy that hasn't really worked out for the New Orleans Saints. And now he's kind of playing a little bit more of a, a, a playing a pinch type of role, you know, special teams and get on the field for certain packages. And he got roasted by LaShawn McCoy on a little wheel route last week for a touchdown where he ran around the pick instead of going over the top of it. So that was pretty ugly. But I think you're right. Athletically, he's the one that has the best chance to cover him. I, I just won't – I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> and I know we want to focus on this game, but I have to ask the question. Do you see any way that Jarvis Landry is in a Dolphin uniform in a year or two? I think that he absolutely has to come back. He's he's just such a spark plug for the offense, and he provides the juice, you know, the nickname juice. And uh, he does so much for the offense in terms of kind of, 
you know, misdirection on running plays or, you know, crossing routes and stick routes. And he breaks so many tackles after the catch. And he's just, he's kind of the spark plug for the offense. And I know Adam Gaze is a huge fan of him. They have a good relationship. I'd be really surprised if they didn't let him, if they didn't bring him back and even probably paid a little more than they should, because he's kind of a limited player in terms of his speed and ability to get up the field and play all three positions. But, you know, he's just, he's such a dynamic player in the slot. And, you know, it's a pretty valuable spot there too. So I think they'll probably pay a little more than he is worth, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know, and you guys are talking about the future, and I wonder what's the, what's the fan base and what's the coaching. Where are they with the quarterback situation longer term? I've talked to a couple of people that have uh, better connections than I do. One being Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post in Miami, and he's they're they're all very adamant that this team is this year more than anything has really solidified their opinion of Ryan Tannehill because. He's played with the team. I think this is probably one of the better Dolphins teams they've had in terms of everywhere else outside of the quarterback in a number of years. And that even goes back to last year where they were so banged up and they somehow winning games late down the stretch. But I think it kind of just speaks to Ryan Tannehill's ability to to mitigate poor circumstances or poor surrounding cast around him. So they really have a confidence in Ryan Tannehill, and I think that he'll be their guy going forward. How do you think that they're going to compete in the AFC East moving forward? Uh, with you know, you're going to have Tom Brady, who may retire this year, he may retire next year. Who knows? He may retire in five years. Uh, but how do you see the AFC East playing out in the next couple of years? Yeah, that uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo trade scared me because it made me think that maybe Tom Brady's never going away. So uh, you know, know, right? You, you just kind of wait for him and Belichick to go away. I mean, Belichick, you know, for as much of a cheater as he is, or whatever you want to call it, he's just so advanced above everybody else. So it's hard to catch up to them. But I do think, like you know, I mentioned that there's the Dolphins have a pretty good roster right now, and there's a lot of young guys that are starting to show a lot of bite down the stretch here the last few weeks, and it's really exciting to see because a lot of our draft classes have actually paid dividends, whereas in the past we would draft a bunch of guys that were gone in two or three years. So I'm actually pretty optimistic. I'm a bigger Ryan Tannehill supporter than most Dolphins fans are. You know, I, I get pretty into the tape, and I see a pretty good player on tape. So I'm excited about his potential to come back as long as a knee can hold up and, and at least maybe, you know, play for a wild card spot. Maybe if we get lucky here and there, a couple of bounces contend for the division. Who's the guy that we just don't know about that we need to be watching for? That's a good question. Let's see. Uh, you know, offensively, I would have said Kenyon Drake until a couple of weeks ago, but obviously that's not the case anymore. Um, you know, Kenny Stills is pretty well decorated. I like him. He's a pretty underrated player in my opinion. That's, I would say probably on defense. Uh, let's go with cornerback Cordray Tankersley if he plays. He's a rookie out of Clemson, played the national championship game, had a pretty good game or a pretty good game there last year. He's a, He played pretty good this year. He's a good – like he's, he's kind of one of those, those – smart players and those uh, cerebral players that can read coverages pretty well and get into the right spots. So he's made a couple of nice pass breakups this year that have led to picks. And if he can get back into the game, he's missed the last two games. If he can play this week, he should be able to make a nice impact on the Dolphins defense. How are you feeling about this game? What do you think? How do you think it turns out? I would say Chiefs probably in a laugher. <laughs> I don't have a lot of confidence. I just think Jay Cutler's kind of uh, he's kind of mailed it in at this point. He's had so many games. It's either basically like a 120 passer rating for him or a 70 passer rating, and I, I would tend to lean more towards the latter. Well, when you boil it all down, then what, what's your prediction for this one? I will say uh, Chiefs 30, Dolphins 17. Oof. <laughs> Folks, he's Travis Wakefield. Make sure you're following the Locked On Finn show. Get all the inside intel on them. We're going to have it up on the Locked On Chiefs website as well. Travis, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan and Chris. Have a good night. Now, remember, we are brought to you by Draft.com. Check out our league. Uh, we're both in there. You can play with us this weekend at Locked On Chiefs is the name of the draft within the draft site or search it from any of your app stores. 
to get it on your device. Uh, we appreciate you listening to us today as well as every other day. Keep those reviews coming in, and we thank you. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.